Happy Monday, everyone. This is another edition of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton and Rich Howe. Of course, we'll have Kyle Perkins joining us later on in episode 95. How are you doing tonight, Rich? Doing good. We had a power outage earlier. We were talking about it. Um, We didn't have power for like six hours. It was getting a little chilly, but we came back on, so we're all good. Well, we're glad we are glad to have you. Of course, that is first world problems whenever we have to lose the internet around here. But uh, we're happy to have you tonight. Uh, Preds are enjoying a little bit of a two day break after that crazy wild mess of a game against the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Talk about all the wackiness, all the uh, all the fisticuffs that went on in that game. Of course. It was just a mess. Like, I'm telling you, like, watching that entire game, I'm like, can we just get out of here with the win and just, I don't even care anymore. Like, I don't even care how it looks anymore. The game was just such a mess. But the Preds got the win. And the Preds have a four-game winning streak going on. And, of course, we are all getting ready for the massive test that the Preds have up up against them on Tuesday night against the Colorado Avalanche. It's going to be the third time they've played the Avs, but I got to say, this is vengeance because the Preds have never beaten the Avs in recent memory when the Avs are at full strength and they have their full complement of players. The Avs have owned this series for a while now. Unfortunately. So we are going to preview this matchup because if we want to be taken seriously across the league, you got to beat teams like the Colorado Avalanche when they're at full strength, not when both teams are ravaged with COVID protocols. Yep. That's true. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a crazy one. Um, two two players out from each of those teams. Uh, Phil's yes. obviously out. And then yeah. Gabriel Landeskog. Yes. Right He's got the COVID. We just Arizona found that out. Protocol. Yes. Yeah, yes. So. Big loss for them. He didn't play in the last game either, the last meeting where the Avalanche were missing a ton of players. But you know who did? Who they do have that we have to worry about? Miko Rantanen. Well, that too. Miko Rantanen, who did a hat trick on the Preds um, in the uh, November meeting where the Avalanche just completely boat raced the Predators and just uh, lapped the field oh, yes. against them. That was uh, Yes, so uh, we are going to preview that matchup a little bit more in our opening face-off tonight, so stay tuned for that. We've got our Clutch Performers of the Week. We're bringing that back for our Monday edition of Catfish on Ice. I've already kind of put it out there who my Clutch Performers of the Week are. I want to hear Rich's Clutch Performers. We will talk about it, of course, get really into who are our three top players of the week that performed at the highest level in the Clutch category they came up in the big moments and helped push the predators to victory of course the predators got big wins over the vegas golden knights la kings and i wouldn't call it a big win but it was a necessary win against the arizona coyotes we'll take every one of them we'll take we don't well you don't want to ever be that team that loses to the arizona coyotes so at least they took care of business there you absolutely don't um I was a little worried. I thought it might be a little bit of a trap game for them, but it wound up not being, so it was good. I, I just – honestly, Rich, I just think the Coyotes are seriously that bad. They're pretty bad. You they, can't they, even they use the – you can't even use – you cannot use the definition of trap game 
when you're going up against a team I that per- roster wise, it's not even to talk trash. I'm not trying to talk trash about the Coyotes. Even the general manager of the team said he was going to rip this thing down to the bare bones. That's and true. And he did. He was not lying when he said that's that. True. And that's not to not to throw shade at the Coyotes, but they they went fully on board as much on board as you can go all, with yeah. a rebuild. I mean that team yeah. is just bare bones. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, I guess trap game probably isn't the best description, but they did make it interesting. So they did. Well, I don't think the predators. I'm going to be honest with you, Rich. I don't think the predators played a great game. I don't think they were super. I don't think they were as focused as they should have been. Uh, yeah, they they opened the game up with a very quick goal, which honestly is a, was a product of the Coyotes just not being a very good team. How do you let? A team just marched down the ice in the first 60 seconds and score a um, an odd man rush goal where Matthias Ekholm ends up in the net after he scores the goal. I mean, yep. just horrible, 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 horrible. Yeah, I can promise you that uh, against pretty much every other NHL team, that's not going to happen. No, no, probably not. You're right. So but... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade, but that Coyotes game. Go ahead and just bury that. Don't even talk about it anymore because it really was not that impressive to me from the Predators' perspective other than UC Soros. UC Soros was the only Preds player that really impressed me to the degree that, yes, he stayed on his hot streak and made some really critical saves uh, because, you know, the Coyotes had it it at a 4-2 game uh, halfway through the third period, and I'm sorry, but I was starting to get a little nervous. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, the few fans that were in attendance that were cheering <laughs> on the Coyotes, they were getting into the game, and I got to give a lot of credit to Coyotes fans because that is the that is the exact illustration of Die Hard right there. There, there was actually quite a few Predators fans there. There were, but there were some Coyotes fans there, and yeah, I, oh, yeah, I absolutely, but. It was funny because there was there was yeah. more than I thought there would be. That's for sure. It was uh, it was hard to watch though. It was hard to watch, but hey, the yeah. Preds got the win. That's what that's what's most important. Yep. And they continue to hold first place in their division. And they actually, I got to see if it's still true now. I'm not sure. I haven't checked it since oh, yeah, then. I think it is. It's but temporarily, up. they had the top um, point total in the entire Western Conference, and it looks like that is still true. That is true. That is they've, true. They've got 48 points. The next closest Western Conference teams are the Blues and the Vegas Golden Knights, each with 47 points. So are you ready for this, Rich? We are a Nashville-based sports podcast, of course. We are a hockey podcast, but we also love our Tennessee Titans. And they are also the, not only the top team in their division, but also the top team in their conference – you want to talk about very rare territory to have both your hockey team and your NFL team at the top of their respective conferences. The only other city I can think, there's two cities I can think of that have probably know what this feels like. The Tampa Tampa Bay, because they had the Buccaneers with Tom Brady, who won the Super Bowl, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I got to say, for a, a long time there, the Boston Bruins and the New England Patriots and the Boston Red Sox. The oh, entire, that's right. Yeah, the entire city of Boston was just owning every sport 
for a while there. So those are the two that really jump out to me where I'm like, okay, but the hey, we got to win a championship, though. Either the Titans or the Preds or both need to go ahead to deliver and bring Nashville their first ever professional sports championship. Let's get a parade on Lower Broadway. It would be it would be so amazing for that to happen. I think it's I think it's a little tougher sledding for the Preds. It's it's a little bit harder uh, cup to win, I think, than the the other one. Uh, it but, is. Well, the the Titans only have to win three games exactly. to win the Super Bowl, whereas you've got to win sixteen games to win the Stanley Cup once you make it into the playoffs. Yeah, it is the hardest trophy in sports to win the Stanley Cup. We don't just say that because we're a hockey podcast. We, me and Rich, both truly believe that it is the hardest team oh, yeah. trophy to win in sports. No doubt, no doubt. We've got it. We've got our guy. We've got our buddy Kyle Perkins joining us a little bit later on in this episode, of course, for another Monday edition of Perks Picks. I know he's got a really good one lined up for this for us this week uh, when it comes to his Perks Picks list. He's, uh, he's pretty excited about it, I think. So, oh, yeah. I'm sure he is. It's always a blast. He's, he's mentioned it a couple, uh, like two or three times today, so he's pretty excited. And, uh, Rich, I really do have to um, – I'm not very pleased with you right now. Did you check the fan, our fantasy hockey well, score <laughs> last week? I don't I need you to laugh. One point. I don't need you to laugh. I'm sorry. I couldn't believe it. I thought for so, sure you had me. Oh my gosh, man. So I picked up. So I had one you get you get four players max you can pick up each week. And I already and, used all mine. And all mine. coming out of Saturday, I was like, okay, this is gonna come down to the wire. And there was only two games on the NHL schedule on Sunday. And so I'm like, I'm gonna have to pick up a player from one of these four teams to try to give me just enough points to get by Rich. And I, w- I think I was down like eight points going into the day Sunday. I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. And I, p- I ended up picking up a defenseman for the Anaheim Ducks, Josh Manson. And he actually... He scored me four and a half points. Guess how many points I needed him to get me? Six. Well, to beat you to get six. That's right. That's right. Uh, I could not believe it. He gave me almost 24 minutes of ice time, so it's not like I picked up a player who never played. Uh, but I knew it was really hard to say. He had one shot on goal. He had two hits, just yeah. not enough. He's only rostered by 14% of teams in fantasy hockey. So this yeah. guy is like a relatively unknown player. I took my shot. It didn't hey. work out. It didn't work out for me. But, Rich, you are lucky because if Phil Forsberg plays on Saturday night, he gets me at least a point and a half to beat you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no doubt. Not to mention, not to mention, if UC Soros doesn't give up that last goal in the third period, you lose three points every time your goaltender gives up a goal, then I also beat you. So, you know what? I think you and UC Soros have a little deal behind the scenes. And I think you, t- I think you texted Juice, and you were like, "Hey, um, take one, take one for the team. Uh, give up one goal, just so I can make sure I win my fantasy hockey match." And he's such a nice guy. He did it. Well, he's I mean, so nice. you're like one of his biggest fans out there, so I, I, I could see why he would do that. I like him a lot. Yeah. So he got you a win, even he though did. he's on my fantasy hockey team. I think he made a deal with you. Hey, man. 
You got to do what you got to do. Ah, it was fun. That that one stings bad, though, Rich. That did sting. It really. I, does. I, 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 I'm not going to say that I feel bad, but no, don't feel I bad. Could've, I could have. I could have swore you were going to beat me. I it was good, a, and then I was out of. I actually used all of my transactions, and you had your one left, and I couldn't do anything. So, but the yeah. my, the problem that was facing me was there was only two NHL games, so I didn't have that many players to choose from. Yep, and it it really ended up burning me. I mean, I had to take Josh Manson of all people, and he was the best player available, yeah. and he he got me four and a half points. He just didn't get me enough. Didn't so. get enough. It was close. All right. All right, so let's get let's get into it though. But this league has been a lot of fun here. Oh, it is. Uh, It's going to be fun down to the end. All right, let's get into this uh, for episode ninety five. Our opening face off. We are presented by DraftKings. We are part of the Hockey Podcast Network, of course, and we are going to go ahead and preview this massive matchup Mm -hmm. with the Colorado Avalanche. Of course, the Colorado Avalanche are the top team in our power rankings every week. The battle for the Central. And I don't think me or Rich are anywhere close to moving them out of that top spot because Not yet. what have we, Rich, what have we been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks now? The Avalanche are going to f- eventually figure it out. They're ev- they're, all of their talent is eventually going to rise up to the law of averages and they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. And that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, even even at the beginning, like you said, we were definitely like, they were playing horrible. They didn't have all their players, and we were like, they'll figure it out. They'll definitely figure it out, and they have figured it out, and they are, they've got five games in hand over Nashville and, and uh, St. Louis, and that, that's, that doesn't bode well. <laughs> I yep. mean, that's just not good. Uh, Colorado, Colorado is fourth in the league right now in point percentage because, you know, there's so the, uh, the discrepancy between games played – is all over the place among all the teams in the league. So you really can't go over total points right now. It's not really indicative right. on what's going on in the standings. You can really look at the point percentage, and Colorado, like I said, has the fourth best point percentage right now in the league. The only teams ahead of them are the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So actually, the Colorado Avalanche has the has the best point percentage in the Western Conference, a better yes. point percentage than the Nashville Predators. Yep, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I mean, they're they're playing amazing. Um, let's see, I got Let's see, I looked it up today. They are nine one and zero oh in their last ten games. So yeah. that tells you something right there. This is your test. This is your test right here. Not to all right, if the Preds lose on Tuesday to the Avalanche, I don't think it's any reason for us to panic or go crazy. But I will say, even if the Preds do lose, they need to at least go toe to toe with them. Absolutely. It if we come be. if we come if we come out of that game where the Preds are down two or three goals quickly, and it's just a uh, it's a very obvious that the Avalanche are better than them, and they run circles around them, much like the first meeting of the season. That I'm going to come out of this game being very disappointed because if we have big if we have the bigger goals for the Predators of actually winning a first round playoff series this year and showing that they're ready to hang with the big boys. Then they've got to show they can they can uh, really handle a team like the Blackhawks or Blackhawks the Avalanche. 
they've handled the Blackhawks. Uh, handle the Avalanche uh, and, and at least get it to where it comes down toe-to-toe, down to the wire. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at if you look at the the both teams stats wise, they're they're actually pretty evenly matched. Yeah, uh, at, they at are. the moment better than they were in the past. But um, it's just going to come down to how good is Soros going to be, and can the Predators score some goals against who I'm assuming well, is going to be Darcy Kemper. Well, I don't know if it is. They're playing a back to back right now. They're playing oh. the Se- they're playing the Seattle Kraken tonight. Let's oh. see who's playing. Let's let's check and see. Yeah, I haven't looked to I, see who I, their I goaltender is tonight. Okay, it looks like it is going to be uh, Darcy Kemper because uh, he is Frank, not starting. He is not starting tonight. Frank Kuz. Yes. Who is a who's he's only playing his third game of the year, but yeah. uh, yeah. So it does look like we'll get Darcy Kemper. So you got to be ready for a very very quality strong goaltender tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. Darcy Darcy Kemper on the season, who was a big acquisition for the uh, Avalanche. Of course, the Avalanche used to have Philip Grubauer. That was their big goaltender they had. Grubauer now plays for Seattle and is having a having a really rough year for Seattle. And uh, the Coyotes, as part of their huge uh, rebuild and uh, an overhaul that they're going through, they. Uh, let go of Darcy Kemper, and he ends up with the Colorado Avalanche. Darcy Kemper this season, not earth-shattering numbers by any means. He gets a lot of goal support. Mm-hmm. Let's, that's very important to remember when it comes that to that. Definitely important but to Darcy Kemper has got a 2.77 uh, goals against average and a .908 save percentage. So not terrible, but not exactly what you would call UC Soros level either. Yeah. Saros is setting at uh, 2.21 goals against, and the save percentage is 0.929. Top yes. of the NHL right now, our boy. There you Saros. go. So, there you go. There you but go. as I just alluded to, the Avalanche, they're, they're not worried about they, – they are a much different team than what the Preds are. Oh, yeah. the, Avalanche can, the Avalanche are perfectly content with uh, getting, in, getting in a track meet with you, uh, getting in one of those types of games where it goes back and forth, open ice, plenty of shots on goal, plenty yep. of special teams. And I'm telling you right now, now more than ever, the Preds are going to have to be smarter and more disciplined and can't put the avalanche on the power play constantly like they just did against the Coyotes. That is a recipe for disaster if they get into that mindset again in this in this next game. Yes. You can get a, you can get away with it against the Coyotes. You cannot get away with it against the Avalanche. Yeah, the Avalanche have the seventh best power play in the league. So, yeah, you just we we saw it in the past two games. Like, um, I know they're missing like some defensemen, the Preds, uh, Dante Fabro uh, or whatnot, but they just they got that that early lead and just crapped it away. And then just were playing horrible in the third period and gave mm-hmm. up their lead. And you you can't do that. You you cannot do that against against Colorado. They are they are suffocating. They have a suffocating defense. They're going to shoot on goal a lot. They've got a lot of powerful weapons, names that everybody knows. And you just you can't give them any advantage. So that means your your people like. Your Borvieski, your uh, McCarran. I know he likes to fight quite a bit. 
Jano, Jano's been going to the penalty box a lot lately. Jano got kicked out of the Benning. Um, Benning. Um, I mean, these are your guys. You love the edge they play. You don't want them to lose that edge because that's part of the reason why the Preds are where they're at right now. You, yep. It's a fine line. You gotta, you gotta walk here, and you've got to really know how to read the way the game's being called. So you'll, you, you usually can figure it out pretty quick when the game starts. How are the refs going to call this game? Are they going to call it ticky tack, or are they going to let some things slide? And for the Predators, I think they have to understand the opponent they're against. And they have to understand that they are drastically reducing their chances of winning if they are killing off penalties against the Colorado Avalanche. They are just too elite in that level. And let's just look at the first meeting between these two teams. On November 27th, the Avalanche jumped out to a 2 nothing lead on two power play goals from Miko Rantanen. So... <clears throat> You spot that you spot a team like the Avalanche a two goal lead, and it's going to be very very difficult for you to come back and win. It's just the way yeah, it goes. Absolutely. So you've got to keep this thing at five versus five, and if anything, you've got to hope that the Avalanche also commits some penalties because you've got two top ten power plays. Both teams are in the top ten. The Preds are at fifth in the power play now in the league. They've been around that mark all year, and the Avalanche are twenty eighth. In the penalty I, kill, so that's one of their weaknesses. They're not great in the penalty kill. That was a little shocking to see today, actually. But there so it you is. know how you, so you know how you, we all know how you draw penalties in this game. Be the harder working team. Four yeah. check super hard. Get in there and four check. Force frustration out of the avalanche to where they get their stick caught up to where they. Uh, do things that makes them frustrated, and then you can flip the script and get on the power play yourselves, let your power play go to work. That's where the Preds are going to have to win this game. Otherwise, try to keep it at 5-on-5, but I'm telling you, the Avalanche will once again run the Preds out of the building if this thing is constantly going to to an Avalanche power play. Absolutely, and they need to keep their heads about them because Colorado, they they like to instigate a lot. They like to, to push the buttons and make you mad, and they're going to try to draw. Of course they. You, and they know – and they, you know that the scouting report, they're thinking, okay, oh, this yeah. Preds team loves to go to the penalty box. They commit a lot of penalties. Let's get under their skin. Let's yep. get them mad. You know, that's what's going to happen. I, it's going to be the uh, – it's going to be the – a uh, recipe for how a lot of teams go after the Preds here on out yeah. is we're gonna get we're gonna make this team angry we're gonna force them to take penalties because we know the type of team they are and like I said you have to tote that fine line we don't we're not sitting here saying we want the Preds to change their identity no. and we want and we want T- Tanner Janot and your Yakov Trennans and it's we're not saying we want those players to not remain aggressive. And change their style of play. We we're just saying that they've got to play a little bit smarter. They've got to they've got to bring it back a little bit and think more about the team in general and the team you're up against, yeah, which is absolutely. a team that will make you pay if yeah. you put them in the penalty box. You know what's funny? We just were t- we were just talking about all the guys that like to fight for the Predators. Like most teams have, you know, two or three guys that like to drop the gloves here and there. We just rattled off like six or seven names of people who will just drop the gloves at the drop of a hat. Oh yeah, and that's that's good. I like it. Luke, but, and we didn't even bring up Luke Cunning. 
Cunning, Cunning yeah. will get in a fight. Yep. Don't even like ask him twice. Yeah, they they have a really short fuse, and it's good, but you just got to keep it in check because um, Colorado, like I think their chief instigator is Nazem Kadri. He he likes to get under people's skin a lot, and I promise you. Without a doubt, he's going to do that tomorrow night, and he's going to do whatever he can to try to get them to to, to hit him or do whatever they got to do. Yeah, to try to- keep this thing at five on five, and I promise you the Preds yep. can hang with them. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they'll win, but they can keep it interesting. They can keep it close. But yep. as soon as the Preds are constantly killing penalties, it's not going to work against the Avalanche. It's just not going to work. No, it's not. I mean, they like we said, they've got a bunch of big names. People that everybody and then it, who anybody who watches hockey knows who these guys are. Yeah, so, um, and of course, let's let, let's talk about this. Of course, we're not going to have Philip Forsberg. Uh, mm-hmm. He's in he's in COVID protocols. At least I don't expect him to be available. Got it seems it. they keep it under wraps, but I don't see how he would clear protocols that quickly. Because we're just talking. Yeah, that's only going to be that only be three days, four days. Yeah, four, three or four so. Days. Uh, when the Preds did beat the Avalanche in the last meeting, even though there were a lot of uh, both teams were dealing with a lot of COVID uh, players out with COVID, uh, Forsberg led the way in that game with two goals and an assist in that win over the Avalanche on December 16th. Sissons had three assists in that game, and UC Saros only had to make 24 saves on 26 shots, so not a super yeah. busy night for him. But, uh, um, here's the thing about Soros, and we're going to talk about Soros a lot more later in this episode, but um, I found it kind of weird that he didn't get some rest against Phoenix, or Phoenix, against Arizona. I still want to call them the Phoenix Coyotes back. We're going back in the day. They used to be that's, called the Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I still thought, I find it weird that they did not start David Riddick in that game to give yeah. Soros some rest. Yeah, that was a little strange to me as well. Um I don't remember where I read it, but somebody brought that up and somebody said that Saros, he has been asked about that before. And he said, basically he'll play whenever. Well, he's still young. I mean, he's still young and he's, yeah, I'll take whatever starts you want to give me. I'll, I'll do it no matter the circumstances. And that's that's good, but we don't want him to get hurt. (laughs) And it, and it turned out that the Preds actually probably needed him to be in that game because like we said, the Coyotes made a pretty valiant comeback there down the end of the, down towards the end of the stretch, and what do you know? Uh, Soros had to make thirty eight saves 38 in that, that game. Night. Yeah, and do we feel super confident that Riddick would have made all those same thirty eight saves? I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, you just who knows? Like we've talked about before, he doesn't get that many starts, so he probably can't get into a good rhythm. So, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. He's you never know. It's just, and then, uh, of course, the big – this is going to be league-wide. I'm sure people can't wait to watch this game for this reason. Cal McCarr versus Roman Yossi. Yep. Arguably your top two Norris Trophy candidates this year. Uh, you can throw Adam Fox in there as well for the New York right. Rangers. A couple other guys are in there. But definitely Cal McCarr, the younger version that's coming up through the ranks when it comes to comparing to Roman Yossi. Cal McCarr is a very electrifying offensive defenseman in his own right. Yep. He has got 15 goals and 15 assists on the season. Uh, but Roman Yossi has 34 points, so he's actually got there more you know. points than Cal McCarr. 
He's also played a few more games than Cal McCarr. So what you can really say is, point-wise, they are very similar defensemen. Two of the best in the league, and we get to get see them go head-to-head. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, getting the, getting the, the butterflies about tomorrow night's game already. Not oh, even, yeah. Not, it's, even, it, not even tomorrow yet, and it's like... This is a fun. real test. This is a real test that we got in store for us. So... Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and do our final score predictions right now, Rich. Let's go ahead and put our money where our Ooh. mouth is. I'll go first to make it easier. Yeah, you go first. I got the Preds and the Avalanche both putting up some goals in this game. I think I think both goaltenders are going to give some goals up. I think both teams' defenses are going to be tested. I think both power plays are going to have some success because the Preds' power play shouldn't be overlooked either. Mm-mm. So I've got a four to three final score, but the Avs win in overtime. But I will say that we come out of this game feeling pretty confident that the Preds can indeed hang with the Avalanche toe to toe throughout a sixty-minute game. I just think that it's going to be a little too much to overcome. They'll get a point, but my prediction is a four-three overtime win for the Avalanche. Hmm, that's good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the other way then. I'm gonna say four three Preds in regulation. Ooh, okay. We'll see. I think I, th- I think they can hang with them. I think if they get, hopefully Dante Fabro is gonna be back, and them not having Landeskog. I know we're missing Forsberg, but I don't know. That's a trade off. That's a one for one swap right is, there. That is, they yeah. lose Landeskog, we lose Forsberg. I feel like yeah. that's like you know that kind of evens it up a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. They're they're scrappy. We know they're going to fight, so that's what we'll say. We'll go with that. We'll see. Well, if, all right. If your prediction comes true, Rich, and the Preds, I hope so. Beat the Avalanche, then the entire league is going to be forced to have to talk about the Preds at that point. Oh, absolutely. Look at this. Mike all right, Twitter, we got a prediction here. Preds. We got a really good, confident prediction here from Mike Twitter. He's got five it. to two Preds. Love it. Man, give me some of your optimism and confidence, Mike. Twitter, yeah, share man. some of that for the rest of us. That's all right. That's all right. Everyone knows that I'm the podcast naysayer on the show. I always have a hard time. But the Preds have proven me wrong all season. So um, everyone should well, love my prediction because every time I make a prediction against the Preds, I end up being wrong. So uh, everyone should actually love my prediction. Yeah, we were we were both naysayers, though, at the beginning of the season. So. Of course we were. I mean – I think everybody was. It wasn't just us. It was <laughs> All right. Everybody. All right. There's your predictions right there. Rich says 4-3, to three, Preds win in regulation. I say the Avalanche are going to beat the Preds in overtime 4-3, to three, but I do think we'll come out of the game feeling pretty confident that the Preds played a strong game, and yeah. it was just one of those two heavyweight matchup type of game, and someone's got to win. It's going to be that type of game for me. Yep. And don't. Don't let those guys get in their heads. They can't get in their heads. That's the yes. that's the main problem. For sure. Those guys I think they just get in there and they 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 their identity is I'm gonna fight whoever is even lingering, even thinking about well, it's all, out in front of Well Sarah. it's also it's also them. what it's also the the way the predators play. That's just their style. They that's play true. a very aggressive hitting, four checking st- type of game. And yep. so a lot of times that's gonna uh, lead to penalties sometimes. Yeah, it will, but they just can't. Just this is the game where you cannot. You got to keep your 
And I'm sure I, I am almost positive that John Hines is preaching that to his to his team. Like, yeah. look, like I'm sure he's trying to focus in on that and say, hey, we've got to be a little bit smarter in this game uh, because we got to know what we're up against here. We're up against yeah. a very elite power play team that will make us pay. So yeah, like real quick to just hammer on that, like in the game against Arizona they lost actually two power play opportunities because they committed a penalty and made it a four on four. Like yeah. you just, you just can't, you, you can't, you can't do And that. you're dealing with younger players like Janot and Trennan and McCarron. Yeah. These are players that sometimes lose their cool. And yeah. like I said, it's a very fine line. It's a double edged sword. You don't want these players to change that aggressive style of play because yeah. that's what makes this team so, so good. It's just you got to learn how to to uh, balance it out a little bit here, especially yeah. against the Avalanche. All right, keep McCarron cool. So that's our that's our preview of the massive Tuesday night matchup with the Colorado Avalanche back in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. Cannot wait to watch that game. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I think the Preds are up for the challenge. I really do. Yep. All right, let's get into our next segment of episode ninety five of Catfish on Ice. With Chad Mitten and Rich Howe, your host, we've got Kyle Perkins joining us in about 15 minutes for Perks Picks. He'll jump in on the conversation as well throughout the episode with what's going on. And that's our next conversation right now is the best coaches currently in the NHL and where does John Hines fit into that. Of course, in the last episode, we talked about the general managers and where David Poyle fits. So now we're going to shift the focus to the head coaches and then we will round it out with where does John Hines fit into that category of best current NHL coaches and I'm going to start this right off the bat with who I think is one of the best coaches if not the best coach in the league and it's a coach that if the Predators would have fired Peter Laviolette just a little bit sooner they could have gotten this head coach I think I know who you're talking about I'm talking about Peter DeBoer of the Vegas Golden Knights. Yep. I love – I don't like the Vegas Golden Knights. I like this head coach. I think he's – I actually do think he's the best head coach currently in the league right now. He is a very smart head coach. He knows – all of his teams are very disciplined. He coached the uh, the San Jose Sharks before that. He had, some real, he had some rough times there in San Jose. But – Overall, I think that he was a great find for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I, I'll tell you right now, that when the when the Golden Knights, I, I, it's escaping me the name of that head coach, their first head coach, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, it, when, they, uh, they were, when they were an, ex- yes, when they were an expansion team. And yeah. that was a very shocking coaching change oh, at the time. Oh, yeah, that was a little weird. No one could believe that. But they went out and got to, uh, Pete, Peter De, DeBoer, and I'm telling you, I think he's one of the better head coaches in the league, if not the best head coach. Ever since he took over Vegas, he has 78 wins, 33 losses, five overtime losses for a 62 say, uh, point percentage. He's got three straight first-place finishes in his division for Vegas, which is pretty amazing. So... I know he's got a lot of talent on that team as well to work with, but here is the big knock where maybe I can't make him the best head coach right now. This is the only knock I have on him. He coaches the Knights? Well, that too. <laughs> he hasn't gotten the Golden Knights back to the uh, Stanley mm-hmm. Cup. 
he is 22 and 17 in the playoffs, which is very average, very mediocre. That's the one thing you can put a knock on in there. But I'm already on record as saying that the Vegas Golden Knights are my Stanley Cup pick this year. Yeah, I think they're I mean, gonna. I actually think they're gonna break through and win the Stanley Cup this year. So, um, Pete uh, DeBoer. I don't even want to hear it. Yeah, you gotta say you gotta say uh, him first. Yeah, he he is definitely one of the toughest. Like they're one of the toughest teams. They are the toughest team in the West. I would say uh, them in Colorado, obviously, but. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know they're almost gonna—they're guaranteed to go to the playoffs every year, just about. So, and win their and apparently win their division. And win their division, yeah, that's true. So I went with an easy one, um, John Cooper, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I mean, yeah. So I mean, that's it goes without saying, but I looked it up. He he was hired by them uh, for Tampa Bay in 2013, so he was kind of around the time when the general manager was, was assembling, you know, the, the, the team that went on to win the two Stanley Cups. So um, he was building, helping build that roster. So that's, that's a good, mm-hmm. a good plus in his cap. Um, he, I looked up his stats. He has, he's 384, 197 and 53 since becoming a coach back in 2013. <clears throat> and he got his 400th win last, this just the past December on the night. Mm-hmm. So, yep. he, you know, he, you know I don't like Tampa Bay, but I do respect them because of what they do. But I mean, a sixty—he's got a sixty-five percent point percentage, which is over that time span. Yep. is just that—that's really hard to fathom. That yep. over that long of a time span, you can build a sixty-five percent point percentage there. Um, yep. He's finished. He's had the Tampa Bay Lightning finish either first or second in the division in seven of his ten seasons as a head coach there. And this is the only team he's ever coached. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, back-to-back Stanley Cups. Cups. And there are a lot of pundits out there who think that it's very conceivable they can win a third in a row. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think think Tampa Bay is quite as good as they've been in years past. They're still really good. I don't think they're that good. I agree. They're showing showing some chinks in the armor, definitely. Um they're still they're still good. They're still good. And I, I think hope, I, th- I hope the Predators can beat them for the state. I I feel like going getting through the East is going to be a lot harder this year for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You got Carolina Hurricanes. That's they true. keep getting better. The Florida Panthers oh, keep uh, getting better. Mike Twitter, he came out of some office job. He was actually a lawyer. And, oh. and then became he became I think he was a, uh, an AHL coach for a little bit. He did some some coaching before getting that job, but yeah, he was actually a lawyer or something. So, oh wow, yeah. So, all right, I've got another one here, and it comes from another franchise that I cannot stand, but I got to show respect where <laughs> respects deserved. Uh, and that is Mike Sullivan of the Pittsburgh oh. Penguins. Yeah, that's... I cannot stand that franchise, but this is another really good head coach. Um, that if he was on the market and he was available at the time when yep. when uh, when uh, John Hines was looking to be hired, uh, you wish he would have been available at the time because he would mm-hmm. be a great head coach for this franchise. Yep. But uh, Mike Sullivan uh, should have been the Team USA coach this year in the Olympics. But since the NHL is not going to be involved in the Olympics, yeah. he will not be the head coach. So that's a tough blow there that he uh, didn't get to be the head coach for Team USA. 
But uh, he's been with the Penguins for seven seasons now. Um, it, it really pains me to say this because it's drudging up old memories <laughs> of 2017 when the when the uh, Penguins beat the Predators in six games to win the Stanley Cup and win their second straight Stanley Cup. Yep. So he is also a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. He's got 271 wins, 140 losses, 48 overtime losses for a 64% point percentage over his time with the Penguins. I think he's a really good, no-nonsense type of head coach. I think he really knows how to control a locker room, bring a team together for the common goal of winning a Stanley Cup, and... Sometimes, dare I say, I get vibes from John Hines in that regard. Mm. That he is a player's coach, a player that knows how to control the locker room, bring everybody together. And when you talk about John Hines, when he came on board, that locker room was a mess. <laughs> and it's yeah, a big reason why. And it's a big reason why Peter Laviolette was let go was because yeah. there was not any control in that locker room. And yeah. so Mike Sullivan is one of those no nonsense types of head coaches that I think is very important um, when it comes to finding success in the league. So i got to give some credit to another uh, franchise's head coach that I can't stand. That's uh, Mike yeah. Sullivan. Well, let's let's continue that trend then. Um, so we've talked about the Vegas Golden Knights, and then I brought up Tampa Bay, and you talked about uh, Pittsburgh. So now I'm going to say Rod Brendamore of the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, my gosh. The, the Karen of NHL coaches. The Karen of NHL coaches. Um <laughs> I, I I love well I'm not gonna say I love I like the the players for the Carolina Hurricanes I think they're an awesome team so talented he is a great coach and just he's whipped them into shape that's a good he took, one he, he, took he is a great head coach team. he is a good head coach I will give him that he is a Karen like you said um, you know he got them into shape they they're they're tough I mean they're they one are of the toughest teams I would rank them up there with. Tampa Bay, Vegas, all those, all those teams. Yeah. And he, you know, he, 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 he helms them well. I will give him that. Um, I don't like them, but you know, I do, I respect them. And, well, I, and I can't get the image out of my head from our buddy Kyle Perkins, who's about to join us. <laughs> Remember the image he shared of uh, Brenda Moore. Uh, I can't what was it? What he had like he, he he like put a wig on her on him or something, yeah. but still used his Photoshop face. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it said I want to see the manager, and it was because yeah. Rod Brendamore uh, kept complaining about the referees in the first round playoff series, and yep. of course the next game mm-hmm. he got his way. Mm-hmm. Of course, he did get his way, and it was horrible. He was complaining about it during the game, complained about it in the. Um, in the uh, press conference afterwards, and then lo and behold, next game it was went that way for him. So, well, you know what? It feels great that the Carolina Hurricanes are no longer in our division, so we don't have to play them like wow. in these two game series. Because I was getting over that. I was getting I was so over, sick of that last season. I was, yeah, for about a month. I think we thought it was cool, and then after a while, we were just like Ugh, tired of it. I'm over it. Put it back to the way it was. Definitely. Yep. Didn't All right, I got it, so. I got one more head coach to throw in here, and of course, it's what all Predators fans love, and that is Barry Trotz. I know he's uh, having a I know he's having a rough year with the New York Islanders, but you know what? He has still accomplished so much in this league. He is third all time in wins among NHL coaches with eight hundred and eighty seven 
regular season wins. He is first among active coaches in that category. Of course, your two leaders are Scotty Bowman, who was the longtime head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, and Joe Quinville, who uh, was coaching the Carol or the Florida Panthers. Got football in my mind. I almost said the Carolina Panthers. The know, Florida Panthers <laughs> earlier in the season. And, uh, of course, that big scandal happened when it comes mm-hmm. to the Chicago Blackhawks thing. Yep. But um, he is second all-time. So Barry Trotz only trails those two head coaches for all-time yep. wins. But he is having a rough year with the New York Islanders. But I, I, as much as John Hines is impressing me, I would trade John Hines for Barry Trotz <laughs> in a heartbeat and twice on Sunday. Well, there you go. I was getting ready to ask you if if uh, if Trotz was going to make it out of this season. Do you think he'll get? They'll let him go <clears throat> after uh, after this season. You think they'll keep him? The Islanders. I think they will. Yeah. I mean, I think he's they'll just keep such him. A good coach. Yeah. So so you're saying though, if the the planets aligned and and uh, they let him go and something happened, you would take him over Hines in a heartbeat. Is that what you're telling me? <clears throat> oh, I would, I would make a one-for-one swap right now if I could have Barry Trotz back as the head coach of the National Predators. No offense to John Hines, but that's just <clears> – <throat> Barry Trotz will forever be in my heart. And yeah. I, I still think he's one of the better head coaches in the league, even though he's having a rough year. We've got Kyle Perkins joining us. What's up, my man? Hey, Perk. Not a whole lot, gentlemen. How y'all doing? Good. So we got a question. So you, when you made that meme with uh, Rod Brindamore, what did it say exactly? I don't remember. Oh, uh, Brenda Moore. <laughs> Brenda, that's it. Oh. <laughs> Brenda. That's it's right. st- to this day. To this day, Kyle, it's still one of my favorite memes you've ever made. Oh, mine too. And I because he's got I, I, hair, I, hair and everything. I right. giggle like I giggle like a little school kid. Like every time mm. I see that, it's just so hilarious. <laughs> The amount of I want, time I spent making that little video. I want to. I want to speak to your manager. It's just so That's perfect. Right. So uh, Brenda, yeah. The more. Oh so Kyle. Gosh, so, so Kyle. We got. We got. We'll kind of tell you what our who our head coaches were. We had uh, best head coaches right now in the league. Current. You know, we listed the obvious suspects here: uh, uh, Peter DeBoer, uh, John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I threw in Mike Sullivan of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and Rich, you had uh, who did you have? It was the other Brenda. one you threw it, Brenda Moore. Brenda. Yeah, we're, we're gonna start calling him Brenda because even though we like to make fun of Rod, our RBA, he is still obviously one of the better head coaches right now. Yeah. He's proven that. And then I threw in Barry Trotz. Did we miss anybody? Uh, I had an honorable mention for this year, and it was Gerard Gallant for turning the, the Rangers around the way he has. Oh, yeah. Hey, Rich, Rich, that's a good one. That is yeah. a good one. Well, yeah. you got to look at uh, oh Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce Boudreaux, oh yeah, yep. oh and yeah. They were hot garbage before they he were. Took over. And that's a good one. You look at where they're at now; they're they're on a heater. Uh, yep. Yeah, so you're right. There's a lot that's of good, good coaches out there. All right, so to round this conversation out here, and we're going to get uh, Kyle's thoughts on this as well. Let's let's talk about just like we did last week with the general managers. Where do we fit John Hines in this conversation? Has he done enough this season to at least be considered like top half of the league? I don't think so. I think we need a full – we need to wait and see how this season plays out. And then and then we can start maybe talking about maybe he's in the top half of the best coaches in the league. 
But right now, I've got him still. The book still needs to be written on him because you look at his coaching career, it's still very, very short as a head coach. And especially his time with the New Jersey Devils is pretty bad. And so um, I do think he's starting to change the narrative slowly on his um, mediocre coaching career. But I'm nowhere close to saying that he should be mentioned anywhere close to the head coaches we've brought up previously who have won Stanley Cups and have been doing it for a while and have shown playoff success. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I made some notes about him. The, the the pluses are he's turned them into a contender when everybody had them counted out this season. And I would have like, – and I'm going to say it again, and we've said it millions of times – never would have dreamed in a million years that they'd be where they are right now. I mean, he's, he's definitely proved that, uh, I mean, after he got let go from New Jersey, everybody was saying he shouldn't be an NHL coach, but I just don't, I don't believe that. I think he's definitely proved that he can coach. He's took a team that we didn't think would do anything and they're, they're playing awesome. But the, the minus is, can they keep it up? That's, can they maintain well, they're playing at. Well, and also, and also the minus is can he actually prove that he can coach a playoff team? And that, not just that's, a that's not true. and not just a team that makes the playoffs, but a team that can actually win a playoff series because he's already coached them to the Stanley Cup qualifiers and it was a massive dud. They looked terrible bad. in that playoffs Stanley Cup qualifiers. And then yep. Yes, they did play much better and valiantly, and I think we all came out of that Carolina series feeling we, – we, we, I respected the effort that the Predators showed in that series. Yeah, No one expected the Predators to beat the Carolina Hurricanes in that series, and they ended up taking it to six games and ended up being a pretty fun series. So, yes, he, he's definitely building something, but I'm not ready to, to get anywhere close to saying that he's the long-term – head coach of this franchise not yet just not there quite yet i agree what do you think i'm i'm a heinz apologist anymore so um Mm. he's got a 0.619 win percentage at the night at the predators when you look back at his time with new jersey he really didn't have anything to work with besides one year of taylor hall Um, Mm. they were bad they were very bad and, and that that ownership was and management group was kind of determined to be bad. They wanted mm-hmm. the Jack Hughes picks. They wanted this, that, and the other. They they weren't really trying to actively win. So mm-hmm. he was kind of up against it there. He shouldn't have made the playoffs when he made them there. Yeah. Uh, uh, you look That's at uh, since he's been in Nashville, uh, he he came into a group that was and admittedly from the players was frail emotionally yeah. and everything else. Uh, they, they just, they didn't have any heart. Uh, they'd roll over and get ran out of a building. What? Two or three times a month. <laughs> and it or seemed more. like it seemed like any time they were down a goal that it was just time to give up. It's time to circle. They're just going to circle the wagons and hope it, hope for the best they're not they're not going to keep fighting yeah um i don't know I, I see a big difference and to take players that were really set in their ways ryan johansson matt duchene <laughs> um looking at you two guys 
You take people that are really set in their ways as players and get them to conform to a new system. I think he's 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 well on his way. But yeah. that's that's not to say that he's the end all be all. I'm not saying he's yeah. uh, the next greatest coach <clears throat> in the league, but it's going to take time. I throw him in the middle. I throw him right in the middle of all the head coaches, uh, which is saying a lot considering uh, when he was first brought on board, everyone was pretty upset about it. They thought the Predators should have went the interim route the rest of that season and then really went on a coaching search in the off season. They thought, including myself, I said, why are we rushing into hiring this John Hines guy you know, a couple days after we fired Peter Laviolette, uh, I think a lot of people wanted Carl Taylor at the time because he was doing mm-hmm. so many great things for the Milwaukee Admirals. So a lot of people were very baffled by the quick hire of John Hines, and I think slowly he is starting to bring people on board. But that yeah. will, I'm telling you, these fans want more than just a first-round playoff appearance. They don't care about preseason predictions. They don't care about the fact that the Preds were not even expected to make the playoffs this year, they will still be very upset and disappointed if the Preds make the playoffs this year and they get steamrolled in the first round. They'll still be very upset. Just saying. Yeah, definitely. Especially so, especially now that they got a little taste of what the success is yeah, like. And then yeah. And so, yeah, so everybody's kind of done, done a big turnaround. They're like, we hate this. We hate Hines. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we're winning now, so everything's cool. And then it's going to go back to, like, it's a we tough business. <laughs> it is a tough business. Yeah, it is. Like I, I don't think, and I'm like pretty what? sure. I'm pretty sure John Hines doesn't pay attention to all that. But. No, I don't think he does. What'd you say, Kyle? Like what? Oh, like the guy from the Water Boy, Rob Schneider. Oh, oh yeah, no, we, <laughs> suck we suck again. Yeah, we suck again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. All right. So we're getting ready to get into Perks picks here. Uh, with Kyle Perkins, I know he's got a really, really good list tonight. Uh, he kind of told us what he had in store. But yep. like every Monday, he it's always as big of a surprise to us as it is to the listeners. So yep. tuned for that. We are presented by DraftKings. And, of course, we've still got that awesome NHL promotion for you right now. All you got to do is bet $100. And you can win $100 in free bets if either team score. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005. So you know someone is going to light the lamp. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. And if the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long. And of course, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So go get in on the action with our promo code THPN. And before we get into Perks Picks, let's list our three clutch performers of the week since it's Monday. We're going to bring that back. I've already listed mine. 
I'm going to list mine real quick, and then I want to hear you guys' three clutch performers. These are not just the players who played the best, but the players that played the best in the biggest moments. And my top three, my number three was Yakov Trenin. He scored a goal in each game this past week. He is now sixth on the team in goals on the season with nine which is pretty impressive. We always knew he was an offensive type of prospect when he first came in. Now he's really starting to find that. I've got him at number three. Number two, I've got Philip Forsberg. Even though he did miss the Coyotes game, he still put up four points in the two games he played in. These were some really amazing jaw-dropping types of goals where he just he's on another elite level right now. We've already we've always talked about this that Philip Forsberg is on the cusp of being elite. He's not quite there yet, but he's he's on the cusp. Well, the way he's playing this season in a contract year, he's knocking on the door of being elite. And so I've got him at number two on my clutch performers of the week. I think if he would have played in that Coyotes game, it's very conceivable he would have added another goal to his, to his resume for the Pretty season. Sure. Pretty sure. It feels pretty confident about that. But yeah. he, he unfortunately missed that game because he is in the COVID protocols. And then my number one, I, it would be blasphemy if I didn't put this guy at number one, <laughs> the way he played. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Save you the suspense. It is UC Soros. He made 125 saves on 131 shots in the three starts this week. 95 save percentage. Um, he had to work in all three of those starts, probably more than we would have liked to see him have to work. Uh, I that Coyotes game, I thought the Preds really played sloppy there towards the end. And uh, UC Soros had to be on top of his game there to keep that from getting really ugly down the stretch. So I've got him as my number one clutch performer. Yep. So I did What's those yours? exact same three people. But uh, I put Philip Forsberg as third um, just because he didn't play in the last game. But he did. he does have, if you go back to the Chicago game, He's got six points in three games. That's pretty damn good in my book. Yeah. Um, Yakov Trenin, <laughs> like you said, second, um, three a goal in the last three games. Um, dude, he's just – he's amazing. And he's still it's doing high. the other stuff too. He's still making he's still hits. He's still yeah. playing aggressive. I mean, him yeah. and him and, him and and Tanner Janot are just like a one-two wrecking ball right now. They absolutely are. And you love to see it, like – Nobody, nobody would have thought that Yakov Trenin would have been like a star in the NHL, but he's like showing people like he's he's an amazing player. He, he's a, a tough player. He's a tough customer. So, put him in second. And then first, it was obviously UC Soros. Um, all those Predators owe him a steak dinner for all those saves. I mean, he's just, he was just it was insane. That, and Jano was my honorable mention. He really was. I, I almost yeah. put him in there. Because he did have an, a goal, a goal and an assist. He had yep. seven hits and five blocks in that game versus Vegas. So he had a really strong week as well. But um, I, I couldn't put him above uh, Trennan, who uh, scored three no. goals. I just couldn't do it. No, I agree. So I'm gonna go different. All right, like I, I got to be different. We like different. I'm gonna give the first one to Matt Luff. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. That's a good one. The That's revenge first career game, goal. The, first the career Matt, goal. Not his first career goal, but his first goal as a Pred. Yes. And, and against his former team. Yep. He has had 10 goals with uh, the Kings previously. That's a good one. That's so a good one. That, was, that was pretty clutch. 
come into your it own was. barn, new team, call yep. up. And he was hype. He was hype. Yeah. Yes, he was. I loved it. Um, yep. The next one, and that's the captain, because the captain's always clutch. Yep. He is. You can't go wrong with that. And the last one, you literally can't go wrong with, and that's UC Sorrows. Yeah, we can't leave him out. Nah. It's impossible. He's too. He good. something tells me he's going to be a regular on this list every Monday from the rest of the season. But because uh, I mean, he's the goaltender. He's the one that I mean. He the guy is pretty much making it a lock that he doesn't give up more than two goals in a game. Um, yeah. I wrote this down. In eighty percent of his games this year, he's given up two goals or less. 80% of his games. So he is literally 8 out of 10 games he makes, or he starts. He is giving the Predators such a strong chance to win by just giving up two goals or less. It just blows my mind. I mean, you are literally maximizing your team's chances of winning when you give up two goals or less. I mean, yeah. it's just what incredible. Was, what was funny in our um, fantasy league chat that we have going on, CJ, our friend CJ, uh, Wadishek was said the NHL tonight is right now talking about if if UC Soros is good enough to be in contention for the Vesna. I was like, you got to be kidding me right now! <laughs> like, how could you not think that he's in contention for the Vesna? It's insane. I think most people do. They know it. I know it's insane. I don't get it. He's starting. To, he's no longer in Pecorino's shadow anymore. He yeah. he he's people know who UC Soros is now. He I don't yeah. think he's a. I don't think he's a secret anymore. Yeah. If he is, yeah. I mean, I mean, if he, I mean, and a lot of your people who were predicting this season going into the season, I did see some national predictions out there that said the Preds might make the playoffs if UC Soros puts up a Vesna-like season, and that's what he's doing. I do think the Predators are playing well for other reasons as well that we didn't see coming, but of course, UC Soros is a bigger reason. So, yeah. uh, all right, let's get let's get into this week's perks picks with Kyle perks Perkins. Picks. Let's perks picks. let's let's get it going. Oh. Perks picks. I got a little. Oh, look at there. What's <laughs> up, buddy? There's a perks pick right there. Mm-hmm. He's perks. the top pick. He is the top pick. pick. Yep. A little oh. perk. Yeah, he's running around behind me now. So, if you hear anything fall or get destroyed, try not to slip on the ice. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you uh, you're you're in Bridgestone Arena right there, so I need to see your little one running on the ice behind you somewhere. <laughs> I don't know that I can pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool if you did. That would be awesome. Um, so all my picks tonight are musical references. All right. So love it. Not not like musicals, but they're all song related. And we're gonna it's start like off the sound with... of music or anything, or no, no, or like Annie, or okay, good. No, no. There is is one Disney reference. Um, Anyways, we're going to start out with a band that has a member that lives in Nashville and is a Predators fan. That would be Mr. Jay Weinberg of Slipknot. There you go. Ooh, okay. The first song song and pick on here is Psychosocial. The Predators lead the NHL in fighting majors, and this is from HockeyFights.com. Uh... This year they currently have twenty two fights. That the next I would have thought 
I would have thought it was higher. The, the next crazy. team is the Coyotes with 18 and then the Ducks with 15. That just uh, seems weird. <laughs> oh, it get it gets better. You go back to uh, last season for the Preds, 12 fights. The season before, 19, 20, 15, 18, 19, 18, 17, 18, 20. Oh. Those are, those are year-long totals. And we're only halfway, halfway through the season. season. <laughs> That's pretty good stuff right there. I like it. These guys have absolutely changed the narrative on this team. Absolutely. They have went from pushovers to – I made a meme the other day with Trennan and Janot and Borvietsky yep. and called them the Broadway bullies. That's right. We're going to we're going to take that away from Philly. So That's right. You could you could pretty much bank on one fight every game. Go yeah. ahead and throw your money on it. They're going to get in at least one fight every game. And and you need to these opposing teams need to learn if you're thinking about even hanging out in front of Saros after the whistle blows for like a second, you're probably going to get hit in the face. Or so, or or it. Or if you're thinking about taking a cheap shot on one of the Preds players, you better yep. be ready for some retaliation quickly. From a few it's going to happen. Yep. It's going to happen. And I love it. I'm here for it. Oh, absolutely. It's They're a scary team now instead of, a, oh, we're going to be able to run you and run into your goalie. I still don't. But can, you, can either one of you guys make sense of why Tanner Janot got thrown out of that game on Saturday night? Like It <laughs> no. still makes no sense to me. There was all sorts he, of things that happened in that game that I didn't think, like, wonder why what happened. I think he told Lawson Krause that he had a bad haircut, and him and the ref go to the same barber. That's <laughs> that that hey that that would make sense, I guess, because it really true. made no sense to me. Like he just, you know, you, you know, Boro was uh, chirping or whatever, and uh, it was just. But yeah, I didn't get well, that part at all. Well, did you see that one when uh, Matthias Ekholm was in the penalty box? I I can't. Was it with Phil Kessel? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, they were saying, going at each other. He was saying, other. like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, or something. It was kind of weird. I, yeah. I wonder what that was. That was crazy. There was a lot of chirping in that game, for sure. Oh, man. Yeah. It was not pretty. But Psychosocial by Slipknot. Yes. That is a very uh, it's a very perfect song to to link to the Predators there. That's perfect. I love it. Do you, do you know who his, who his dad is? Yeah, Bruce. Ma- Max Winberg. Max. Winberg. Why did he I think Bruce? Because he plays with Bruce Springsteen. Exactly. Yes. That's why. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Awesome jazz drummer. And just very, all around. Very, very good. Very good drummer. Uh, yep. So, the next pick, we're staying in the same style of music, but that is Hail to the King by Avenged Seven. Oh. Oh, there you go. This is literally my genre you're speaking to right now, Kyle. So, the aforementioned Mr. Soros has a 9.58 save percentage in the last four games while facing a rather high 169 shots in four games. He's That's... averaging 40-plus shots per game against him. Absolutely That's... insane. Insane. It is insane. He was named the NHL's second star of the week. A lot of people think he should have been the first star of the week. And he was named the NHL Players Association Player of the Week. Nice. Which I'm pretty sure that is voted by players and not by uh, media. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I. But is it fair to say that it's? I'm not saying that UC Soros's performance isn't sustainable, but 
But I do got to say that I think the Preds have got to lower some of his shot totals he's having to face. I don't know how sustainable it is to keep giving up 40-plus shots a game and Soros being able to um, uh, keep – I mean, if anyone can do it, it's Soros. But I do think the Preds have got to tighten up defensively a little bit here um, and not give up. I mean, you're giving up 40 shots on goal to the Coyotes. That can't happen. Come on now. That the the law of averages tells you that he can't he can't stop all those. I mean, you know. Oh no, he's just getting too much stuff at him. Yeah, just too much at him. It's too it's it's a lot to ask of him, really. If they're if they're not stopping any of those, exactly, a very huge task for him. So, mm-hmm. so we'll keep on moving, and we're going to change genres up completely, and we're going to go to another person sort of from the midwest and that is a tech nine in the song like i ain't Uh, okay you just completely uh, threw me a curveball there i know who that is but i know who it is too but now i'm not going to attempt to sing this because we no please do Uh, please do (laughs) karaoke but basically the song is about people talking down at him because that like he hasn't done all of these things. So that is going more towards the disrespect that the Predators have been getting nationally and internationally from the Canadian media. They moved down two or three spots in the power rankings this last week without losing a game. I don't get it. They got passed by Minnesota, who just had Kirill Kaprizov go on extended IR. That's... It's a travesty. And that's not just because I'm a Predators fan. It's ridiculous. I haven't seen them in one top ten list anywhere. Like I've no one's put one, but okay. I can't remember who it was that and they were eighth. Yeah. Leading. I just I just think that people just still aren't on board with the Predators. I just I feel like a lot of people would say that they're frauds. I'm not saying it's it's right, but the national media, I'm sure the overall narrative is that the Predators are frauds. And that they're eventually going to come back down to reality. That must be the narrative, I guess. The Rondi Dangerfield of the NHL. Get no respect. That's right. Yeah. That's okay. We don't need it. Yep. So, the next one, Rich will know this one. um, And that is Nose on the Grindstone by our Kentucky fellow, Mr. Tyler Childers. Oh, there you go. Yep. So, this song is about keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the, well, we'll say recreational pharmaceuticals. Um, (laughs) And uh, basically to keep working and and just prosper that way and not try to do all this other stuff. Well, this team keeps working. One of my things I have listed is Matt Luff and his goalie scored against the Kings. That's that's putting in work by a guy that was a call-up. Uh, the assist by McCarron, another guy mm-hmm. who was a call-up, yep. who was called up last year and did horribly. I don't know if y'all remember. He was the one that punched at a ref. Um, it, yeah, it was, a, it was a bad call-up year for him last year. Um, in fact, if it wasn't for him getting called up and then subsequently suspended, Tanner Janot would not have been called up. Mm. Because good point. He was the 
McCarron was the call up to replace Olivier when Olivier got hurt uh, originally. So interesting. Yep. In the last Very interesting. Four, in the last four games, seventeen different players have recorded points. Wow. That's, that's putting your nose on the grindstone and putting the work in and everybody doing it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you want to hear. And that, hey, <laughs> got and guys, that's that's the depth that can win you a playoff series right there. Nope. When they're not relying on one person to pull the rope, it's the whole team effort. Uh, it doesn't matter which line. It doesn't matter anything. It's just everybody's pulling the same way. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next pick, and I chuckled because of this song because it's one I remember from when I was younger, and it's uh, My Own Worst Enemy by the band Lit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember them. And Classic. That, they've allowed 169 shots in four games. Holy yeah. crap. If that's not being your own worst enemy, what is? You're yeah. getting... There's Juicy no looks like that. he lives on the south side of Chicago being shot up like that. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> it's there you go. What you can't you can't be successful against high end teams allowing that many shots. Like the yeah. Colorado Avalanche who they're about to face on Tuesday night. You it, give up forty plus you give up forty plus shots to the Avs on Tuesday night. Uh, yeah. you might you might give up six goals, five or six goals in that game if you if you Give up that many shots. I mean, I know UC Soros is on a tear, but you're living dangerously. Yeah. The Avs will put a touchdown on you before you know about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, and then just smother you the rest of the game. It's just, you, mm-hmm. you can't do that. You've got to you got to start. And it's not that they're allowing all point shots either. They're allowing a lot from inside close and, it's very disconcerting. Uh, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like that amount of shots. Uh, yeah. And here's, about, here's, uh, a, here's another little update real quick. They're actually losing to the Seattle Kraken right, right now. Three to two. Is that yeah. what you're getting ready to do? That's what I was about to say. Great minds think alike, Rich. Yeah. Yeah, they've only, yeah they've that's, only a, that's a surprising result so far. but They've only put up 19 shots on goal against, against that, Seattle. I mean – the Avalanche are a team you can never count out. They normally right. figure out a way to. We'll I mean, they're now. so. Oh, but it is, it, it is very. Off. It it does help a ton that we're getting the pre, or the Avalanche on a back to back. That's big. Yeah. And they that have helps. To travel. Yes, they have. They have are they in Colorado or Seattle? Uh, they're in Colorado. It looks like. Yeah, I think they're in Colorado. I was kind of hoping they were in Seattle. That'd make it even worse. But yeah, let's make it as worse as possible on them. Yep. Yeah, we want the worst. Speaking <laughs> of the worst, we're going to go to the last pick, and it's a two-parter. So we're going to start right. off with a newer rock band, Chad. You might know them. Uh, I Prevail. I've seen them live, Kyle. They're one of my favorite newest bands that are out there. Oh, wow. They are so good. They are and, so. I saw them live uh, two years ago. And they they were one of the best concerts I've been to in a long time. They put on wow. a show. They're awesome. That's cool. And Highly recommend. They are huge hockey guys mm. from a big hockey town. That town is Detroit, Michigan. Uh, <laughs> you had to say that team. They couldn't be a f- all right. I take it. I take it back, Kyle. They're the worst band I've ever heard in my life. All right, never mind. Well, 
we're going to use their own stuff against them because the song I'm using is Come and Get It. Ah, so, such a good song. So, <clears throat> last week on this podcast, I gave out some stats about Tanner Janot, Lucas Raymond, and Trevor Zegers. Uh, the next morning, I decided I was going to make a graphic and put it out on the Twitter. God, did you get did you get people you got the whole Twitter's Twitter sphere stirred up over that. Oh my gosh. So I'm gonna quote this song. I'm not gonna sing it. I'll just bite my tongue and leave your mouth to run. Soon you'll see. If you want it, come get it. You know where I'll be. There you go. That's Tanner Janot in a nutshell. Pretty much. <laughs> so there one of the thing I want to talk about on this is you can call me stupid. You can call my take stupid. Don't go after anybody personally. Yeah. I didn't care. There was an individual that came after me personally, mm-hmm. said some things. Uh, you know, to me, it doesn't bother me, but it could bother somebody else if you do it to somebody else. Yeah. And causing somebody to hurt themselves or something of that nature, be better. Yep. Absolutely, be better. Unfortunately, That's... you know, social media brings us together. It does a lot of good things, but it also is very negative in, in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, it's just and that that person ended up deleting their account. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they got met with some pretty good. You, you just don't. You don't. It's just there's no room for that. I mean, there's you never know. Even if you're trying to be funny and you don't actually mean it and you're just trying to sound like a – there's never an excuse to talk that way to anybody. Yeah. But I, there are some younger people that that think that they've grown up with social media and this is like their life is just getting on here and talking smack to people. Mm-hmm. And But you ne- like Kyle's saying, you never know who is on the other sin- other end of that screen that might be going through like the worst time yeah. in their life – they might be this close to doing something really bad to themselves. Do you want to li- do you want to be the person that your stupid comment sends them over the edge? I mean, yeah. it's it's just you don't talk that way to people. No. Nope. Yeah. And what was what don't. was the bad the bad part about it was your 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 graphic was not disrespectful. You didn't say Trevor Zegra sucks. The other guy sucks. He should definitely be the Calder winner. It was just numbers. It was all it was. And and it's just to, for people to get that ticked off is just, it's sad. Very sad. It, it was a conversation starter. Uh, yeah. it was, oh, and it was a good one. Was it? Uh, I just thought Tanner should be even just in a conversation. A lot of people brought up Moritz Sider, their defenseman mm-hmm. there in Detroit. He would be a great Calder winner. He is an amazing yeah. young defenseman. I'll tell you one thing, um, it's going to be a it's going to be a fun Calder trophy race to watch. I mean, I'm yes. I'm super in. I'm almost more into this than I am any other award race this year. Like it it's, is As far it's as fun awards, to watch. It's it's the closest one. But I'll I'll go ahead and give the second part and you can blame this on the our fantasy hockey group chat <laughs> and the conversation we were having there a minute ago. And that's uh it's from the new Disney movie Encanto, uh, <laughs> and it's we don't talk about Bruno. That's funny. and nobody's still talking about Tanner Janot nationally. No, and you know what? <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna take my little victory lap on all the 
smack talkers on the interwebs because there is no tide for goals anymore. Tanner Janot is your leader in uh, goals for rookies. He's also the leader in game-winning goals for rookies. Yep. So, take a little victory lap on that one. but Take it. Yeah. Um, how, uh, uh, how many views did that wind up getting? Did you ever check it? Give me about two seconds and I'll tell you. Um, All right. It, it was that over 100,000. That's uh, insane, man. That's just that insane. Good for you. Yeah, that's talking. awesome, dude. And it really got people talking. For the people who kept it respectful, I did enjoy the, the back and forth. Yeah. Um, there was some it was, good discourse. And, and there were some people who actually ended up coming around and being like, Jano's a really good player. We just think this and that. And that's what I was there for. But then it got to the point where, I mean, I was getting yeah. like 60 notifications <laughs> like every time I pulled up no- Twitter. And I was like, this must be what it feels like for famous people. This is probably why famous people never respond to anyone on Twitter is because, I mean, it's like you can't keep up with all that. But it was wow. it was a really good discussion. It was awesome. Absolutely. Tanner Janot is here to stay. I don't think he's going to win it, unfortunately. Something will happen where he'll probably get passed up. But even if he doesn't win it, how cool would it be to at least get, get a nomination and get yeah, to go to the award? Even get to go to the award show would be really cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Is just the kids done it all the hard way. You, yeah. you literally could undrafted do it free way. agent, and yeah. I you know just to be able to go to the awards and sit there in his nice suit and say, hey, I'm one of the best rookies in the NHL this year. Now I do I, think there I do <laughs> think there's a good chance he'll he'll get a nomination. I think about it. We, we it's very likely we will have three players in award nominations. If you talk about UC Soros for the Vesna and Roman Yossi for the Norris, hell, I'll even throw John Hines in there for uh, coach of the year. What do they call that? The Jack Adams? Jack yep. Adams. I mean, yep. so you've really, you've got four different uh, Preds uh, uh, members who have a chance to win uh, awards this season. So yeah, a lot of fun. <clears throat> Definitely a lot of fun. Definitely. All right. Fun. That was a really good addition of Perks Picks there. That was a lot of fun, especially considering you named a lot of bands that are like right in my wheelhouse. Avenged Sevenfold, yeah. of course, Slipknot, Old School. So, yeah, that was a really, really good list there from Kyle Perkins, as it always is. Uh, we're in episode 95 of Catfish and Ice. We got a few other things to get into. For one, uh, let's go ahead and pay our respects to Bob Saget. Really tough news there. Oh, yeah. I grew up. I grew up watching Full House, America's Funniest Home Videos. Really sad news. Uh, Bob Saget uh, was was tragically lost um, on Sunday. And uh, I just want to pay my respects to Bob Saget. He brought a laughter to people. Uh, he was just another... 2022 is taking another really special person from us. Of course, uh, Betty White. We've lost Betty White this year. We've lost John Madden this year. Um, so... Some That's really true, big, yeah. some really big icons have been lost this year, but uh, definitely yeah. uh, rest in peace to Bob Saget, who brought a lot of laughter and joy to people's lives. So, um, yes, that is a big one there. And then let's live, show some love to our hometown Tennessee Titans, who oh, locked up the number one seed in the NFL playoffs. And much like the Preds get overlooked and get all the disrespect nationally, the Titans are another team. The first uh, national story I saw this morning was 
who has the tougher path to the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs or the Green Bay Packers? They didn't even bring up the Titans, who are the right. number one seed. They like it's like they just like they don't even exist. So um, much like the Preds, the Titans just keep doing you, keep proving people wrong. Um, we are in very rare territory to have the Preds and the Titans right. both as the best teams in their conferences right now. So that's yep. really really a lot of fun. I think it was like two or three years ago. I might have even put this out on Predlines as a poll question at the time. But I remember putting out a poll question saying, which team was closer to winning a championship, the Titans or the Preds? And I think at the time, people went like 60 or 70% towards the Titans. But if you would have asked this question five years ago maybe, even before the Preds went to the Stanley Cup, it was always oh the Preds will win it before the Titans ever win it, <laughs> but but I that obviously that's changed now because the Titans only got to win three games now three games. Yeah. Whereas we were talking about this earlier, Kyle, it, that, uh, the Stanley Cup is the hardest team trophy to win. To win sixteen games in brutal seven game series fashion, nobody gets a bye week. Nobody gets a bye in the first round. The only thing you get is, oh, guess what? You get to play a smaller seed or a lower seed if you win your yep. division. But, yeah, it's there, there's no easy roads to a Stanley Cup. And I would argue that hockey's harder, a harder sport. But, I don't know. I was a little well, disappointed. I actually wanted to watch the game. I don't really watch football that much. But I wanted to watch it, and it wasn't playing up here. So, I had to – I didn't get to watch it. So I Well – I will tell you, Rich, that it was a very sloppy, ugly game, much like the Coyotes game. Like the the, the, the Titans were playing a team that's on the equivalent level to the Coyotes in yep. in hockey, and the Titans managed to make it look as ugly as possible till the very end, much yep. like the Preds did against the Coyotes. So <laughs> they're like two peas in a pod, these two teams. But uh, but yeah, so a lot of fun there. The Titans will be hosting a home playoff game in a couple weeks. So, uh, really good times for both the Preds and the Titans. So, a lot of fun there. Let's wrap it up with this day in Preds history. Did you uh, did you look up any I Rich? Or did... I did not. Ah, know about it, oh, Rich, was... you Rich, you are slacking. I'm Luckily, I'm here. I'm here yeah. to. Uh, I'm here to save that. the day. So, I've got two really big wins in Preds history on this date awesome. that really stood out to me out of all the other ones. All right, let's go back to January 10th, 2012. The Preds beat, of all teams, the Colorado Avalanche 4-1. to Ryan Ellis and Martin Erat each had a goal and an assist. And Pecorine gave up just one goal and had 32 saves. So, there you go. There you go. If the, if the Preds can get a 4-1 to win over the Avs on Tuesday night, that's going to be a statement right there. And then let's go back to January 10th, 2017. So five years ago on this day, Callie Yarncroke gets the overtime-winning, game-winning goal, a shorthanded game-winning goal to beat the Canucks. You want to talk about uh, one of the most exciting goals you can score, a shorthanded overtime game winner? That was our boy Callie Yarncroke. Boy, boy. In 2017. The boy, boy, Cali. The boy, boy, Cali. He's having a rough year for Seattle, isn't he? I think they're all having a rough year up there. Um, he was injured there for a bit, I think, wasn't he? 
he had the he had COVID. He was out on the COVID protocol. I think you're right. I think he did get injured. Um, yeah, like they have, they have got like Yanni Gord, awesome player. I think he's struggling. I he think is he is playing tonight. He 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 is playing tonight against the uh, against the ass for the Seattle Kraken. He's got a. Uh, He's got 10 minutes of ice time tonight. He's been in the face-off circle a little bit. Um, one shot on goal. Let's see. Yarncroke has got four goals and six assists on the season. So, I mean, not at least he's making an impact. But let's, let's be honest. The Seattle Kraken are not an offensive team at all. Like, they really goal to score. So, um, no one's going to put up big numbers for that team. Offensive numbers, that team. All right, gentlemen. Gentlemen, it's been a really fun episode. This has been episode 95 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Benton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. We hope everyone has a really awesome week. Go Preds. We will talk about the Avs game tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Get you ready? Can't wait for it. Until then, we will see you later this week on Thursday for episode 96. Until then, everyone take care. Stay safe. Have a good one. Later.